Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Go woke, go broke. Victoria's Secret, the latest company to learn the hard way. And now it looks like they might be going back to their roots. Hot girls. We've got that and a whole <laughs> lot more. Outkick the morning starts right now. Hello, good morning, everybody. It is Thursday. It is time for Outkick the Morning with me, Charlie Arnold, also in studio again today, Dave Ross. Charlie, great to be with you. I'm so excited for today's show because we're going to have the one-man gang, Lorenzo Alexander, is going to join us to talk about whether or not the NFL is a little bit too soft these days because that man used to hit for a living. And yep. also, speaking of hitting, UFC 294, we'll talk a little bit about Ooh, that. Ooh, big weekend coming up. Uh, but let's get into uh, something that I know I'm very passionate about. Yes. As a woman, I hope I hope that you're not so interested in this company. No. Uh, okay, guys, you know what the saying is, go woke, go broke. Not sure how many more examples of this companies need to understand the importance of paying attention to their consumer bases instead of trying to be progressive, oftentimes in the most sickening senses of the word. But just a few weeks ago, while sitting in the same chair, I called out Victoria's Secret ahead of their finally bringing back their ultra-famous fashion show, but... This time around, they were calling it reimagined. Uh, we all know what that means, so I offered them a little advice. Let's take a look back. Go woke, go broke. Victoria's Secret used to be synonymous with sexy. Those body types were not attainable for many women. They still accomplished their job of making me and really all of my friends want to buy Victoria's Secret products. However, Victoria's Secret decided in 2018 that stereotypical beauty was no longer politically correct and they axed their huge annual televised fashion show to prove that they were not shallow and didn't idolize the angels that put the company on top of the laundry mountain. Then in 2021 came the woke rebirth Brand. Goodbye, angels. Hello, feminist activists. All the power to the women out there with a few extra pounds or maybe odd-shaped bodies, but you're not who I want to look at when I am considering buying lingerie. Show me the best case scenario of how this is going to look on my body, not the worst case. They claim this is what women want, but as a woman, let me tell you, this is not what we want. So listen to us, Victoria's Secret, and bring back the damn angels. Well, 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 <laughs> it looks like someone has decided to take my advice because following this reimagined display, it looks like Victoria's Secret is walking it back. And for good reason. According to the numbers, the lingerie brand's projected revenue for 2023, $6.2 billion, which they aren't even on track to hit. And that's also 5% lower than it was last year and even lower than in 2020 when the brand's revenue was $7.5 billion. So, Dave, the numbers do not lie. I will say it. I will say it again. Uh-huh. Go woke, go broke. You nailed it. You called it. Uh, I think they listened to you. And look, I'm with you. Like, every teacher own, whatever floats your boat. But the numbers don't lie. And they said, uh-oh, this is not going the way we want to go. Maybe we go back to the old script. And I think that's going to work out a little bit better for them. Hey, I understand that you kind of want to get the pulse of what's going on in the country. And you think this is the way that your brand wants to go. They tell you with the advertising dollars. When they're not buying your job in PR is to figure out a way to buy your product. If it wasn't working, go back to what was. Yeah, and it's interesting because there's a lot of companies that have completely disregarded their bottom mm -hmm. line uh, in 
order to be more progressive, uh, you know, more LGBTQ, more body inclusive friendly, all of these things. Uh, but I'm happy that Victoria's Secret is seeing the error of their ways and finally going back to their roots. Public the, the, demand will tell the you. The Victoria's Secret that I always used to know and <laughs> love. Uh, also, it's interesting because there was the chief executive, mm -hmm. Martin Waters, who also admitted, you know, a lot of a lot of times these these company executives they they won't they won't want to talk about right. it after the fact. They'll, they'll just quietly make the move. Uh, but he actually has already made a statement saying, despite everyone's best endeavors, it's not been enough to carry the day. Of course, talking about these inclusive initiatives. So on that note, let's bring in model and influencer, Brie Teresi, who knows a little thing about lingerie companies deciding to go woke. Uh, Brie, it's so good to have you here with us today. How are you doing? Hi, well, thank you so much for having me on the show today. Yeah, I do know a thing or two about companies going woke, that's for sure, especially with lingerie brands. After having what is probably their largest display of using their body-inclusive initiatives, uh, they're now saying immediately, you know what, we tried, it's not working. When meanwhile, everyone was saying from the beginning, this is something, this is a road you should not go down. Yeah, super unfortunate. Sorry, I don't know if my Wi-Fi connection is bad, but... It's very unfortunate. I'm, I remember even going to the mall and you would see people literally looking at the Victoria's Secret store with their jaw dropping because these models are not models. Um, they're using unhealthy women now to promote this woke ideology. It's ridiculous. And I mean, we've seen it with the numbers like you were saying before, but I mean, I don't know about you, but I haven't shopped at Victoria's Secret in years and it used to be one of my favorite stores to obviously purchase lingerie, but it's just really sad. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if this is going to work now that they're um, maybe bringing back the angels. But I feel like people have seen what Victoria's Secret has done and they will no longer support it. Yeah. And, and you're another person that will no longer support these type of initiatives. I mean, you've made that very clear. You're someone with tons of followers across so many of the different social media platforms, uh, but you're really sticking to your beliefs and you're not sidestepping those beliefs in order to make some money. Uh, I recently just saw you say that you wouldn't even wanna be featured in Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue, which let's be honest, as a model, that's like the Mecca. Like it doesn't get much bigger than that. And I think any woman would probably say, you know what, maybe Sports Illustrated in some senses has, has gone woke and I don't support that, but how can I turn down such a wonderful once in a lifetime opportunity? So how do you operate uh, when it comes to your beliefs versus taking these huge opportunities as a model? So a little back history of me. So uh, back in April, I went very viral for Bud Light, the Honey Burdette, um, also the shooting. And while that was happening, I had to make the conscious choice of whether or not I would continue to work with these brands or if I would stay true to my beliefs and stand up for what's right. So I've seen with Sports Illustrated, they started using women that were not supermodels. You know, like you said, Sports Illustrated was the mecca. Um, as a model, you would dream to be on the pages of Sports Illustrated. However, they're no longer even using supermodels. It, it's almost seen as a joke to be in Sports Illustrated now. You have everyday women now in there, which... I mean, it's fine, but you're you're not having the the supermodels. Just like it is with Victoria's Secret, you're not having the supermodels walking down the runway. You're having everyday women, but also even like very overweight women now 
on this runway um, and these pages. And there's nothing wrong with that, obviously. But when you want to look at lingerie, you want to see the most beautiful women the most beautiful supermodels in this lingerie, you're, you're not looking at, you don't want to be looking at unhealthy body standards and that's what they're trying to promote. And I think it's very disturbing. Yeah. And I said that, uh, when I called up Victoria's secret a few weeks ago, I said, show me the best case scenario, right? Because here's the thing. It's lingerie that they're marketing, that they're advertising. We're not advertising Cheetos. Okay. So there are very certain people that, that look great in lingerie. And I'm not to say don't wear lingerie in your bedroom or with your significant, do what you want to do. But I'm just saying in terms of marketing these things, why are, why are you showing us the bodies that your product looks the worst on? It just doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, maybe they want a good ESG score, who knows? But I mean, they've seen this has had a huge impact, obviously with the numbers, people are they think it's ridiculous. Um, but also another thing that I would like to touch on too is Victoria's Secret as well as Sports Illustrated throughout the years, they have had quite the diversity in models and it was amazing. They had supermodels from all over the world in all colors on their pages and their runways. And now, now they're just trying to show unhealthy women and it's almost like to destroy femininity. And I think that's also another thing that's really, really unfortunate. You know, we should look at these models and aspire to be like them rather than promoting unhealthy uh, standards and being obese is unhealthy. And I mean, that's a fact. Right. It's like me. Nobody would want to watch me play pro football. Right. It's just I'm not qualified <laughs> for that job. Speaking of pro football, I got to ask you this. Travis Kelsey reportedly takes three hours to get his game day outfit ready by the way, you're not going to play in it. You're just going to go to the game in it and then put on a uniform like everybody else. Bree, could you date a guy that takes three hours to put on anything? Uh, no, I don't even take an hour to get ready in the morning. So absolutely not. <laughs> That's very weird. And look, I'm no fashionista. Yeah, I'm no fashionista. I'm not going to tell anybody how to dress. But Bree, it just seems like women get a bad rap for taking forever to get ready. And then you've got Travis Kelsey doing this. Well, he's a soy boy and dating Taylor Swift. So, I mean, I think that says enough. Yeah, and uh, Brie, you obviously are gorgeous. You're successful. Uh, you're all over the internet doing such cool things on the golf course, showing off your sporty side, your athletic talents. Mm -hmm. uh, for you, I'm sure all the time you have, you know, different men trying to be involved in your life. I'm not sure what you're dating. Are you, are you, you have a boyfriend or are you seeing um, someone? No, I'm, I'm single at the moment. Okay. Okay. So single at the moment, probably, probably for good reason though, because when you look at guys like Travis Kelsey, who take three hours to get dressed <laughs> and are doing Pfizer ads, things of that nature, uh, where are you at in terms of how you view men in today's society? Um, it, it seems like men aren't cut from the same cloth that they have used to be. Men used to go to war. Now they make TikToks. So <laughs> I, I love, I love that saying, but yeah, I mean, it, it's really hard, especially if you live in a big city you're filled with these very liberal men. Um, I, I fortunately live in Florida. I relocated from California, but it's definitely difficult. The dating pool is smaller. I mean, I have a very strict list of things, of qualities I look for in a partner. And one of them is definitely not being um, a Pfizer person or sponsored by Pfizer, <laughs> certainly at the top of my list. What, what are the other yeah, things? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I need are, to know the list. Yeah, what are the other things on your list? 
So I would say, obviously, like good family values. Uh, that's something really important to me. Um, I'm a Christian, so I'd like to be with somebody that's also a Christian. But I mean, they could they could be of other religions, just, I guess, more open minded. But spiritual is important. Um, you know, a provider, somebody that works hard, that um, has good character, is athletic. Uh, those are a few things that I look for. It's a good list. Yeah, it's it's a great well. list. And, and Bria, yeah, and, and something that, that uh, interests me is because a lot of people might call you out for something like this. You know, you uh, tout yourself as a good Christian woman, which I have no doubt that you are. Uh, but then on, on the other hand, you have an OnlyFans. Now, I know OnlyFans is used for many different purposes, uh, but some yeah. people might say that those two things don't go hand in hand. How would you oh, respond to those people? So with OnlyFans, I don't post any nudity on there. Um, I just looked at it this way. I post a lot of sexy photos on Instagram. I've been a swimsuit and lingerie model for the past decade. Why not post pictures like that as well as OnlyFans and make more money? I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think if anything, it shows I'm a good business person. Cheers to being a good business person. Absolutely. Uh, you gotta, you gotta make some money. Uh, you gotta get yourself on the right track. And uh, Bree, nothing but respect for you. Thank you so much and for uh, standing by your values, uh, despite the fact that you probably could make a mm -hmm. bigger paycheck if you didn't. Uh, but thank you so much for being here. Uh, so appreciate it and have a wonderful day. Thank you. Outkick the Morning will be right back after a short break. Stay tuned. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Awesome. Love that conversation. Yeah, because again, that, that's to the point of it, right? You Capitalistic society, you want to go out there and make yeah. as much as you can do, but you do have values, and she's got hers. She's got lines that she won't cross. Other people might, might cross the line. I thought the SI question was well-suited because some people would say, all right, I'm going to do this for SI. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's just probably dependent on, like, how, how, how far you think the company right. has taken it. Like, I'll be honest, I think if Sports Illustrated asked me to be in their magazine, I would, I would right. be in their magazine. And again, it's, it's kind of teach their own, right, yeah. of where you want to go. And she's certainly, as she said, she's got a list of things she's looking for in a man. She's got a list for a company that she may or may not work for. And I think that, uh, that kind of says, like, to your own personal beliefs, you'll only go so far for the dollar. Exactly. 
Uh, okay, well, we have uh, some interesting video yes. that we want to get to. It caught our attention yesterday. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg uh, showing off, because, you know, we all kind of... Well, he's going to fight Elon Musk. And we, we all were like, are you actually an athlete? Um, mm. Showing off some jiu-jitsu skills with Israel Adesanya yep. and Alexander Volkanovsky on a barge of all places. Are we, sorry, are we with the guest right now or are we just seeing... Okay, because if we're going to bring in Zoe, we can okay. do that. Oh, okay, okay, sorry. We are seeing some uh, very different video on our screens here in studio. Okay. Um, okay, so on a barge of all places. Yes. Well, here's the thing. As I'm looking at Elon Musk, I'm like, am I supposed to take him seriously as an athlete? Because, look, we get it. He and Elon are great at making billions and billions of dollars. But it sounds like this super fight might actually take place one day, and I think we've got to give Zuck some credit. When you're training with Israel Adesanya, you're training with Alexander Volkanovsky, who, by the way, will be headlining UFC 294 uh, this weekend in Abu Dhabi, right? Now, it looks like they're kind of making a film. It almost looks like it's... Like slow-mo. Yeah, right? Like, they're really selling it. But, I mean, does Elon really want a part of Zuck if this is the way Zuck is training? Well, it's awesome that he's getting kicked into the ocean rather than being kicked onto the ground, because that's probably <laughs> a much lighter landing. Yeah, I, I'm just looking at it, I'm going, he's, we get it. You do jujitsu. Like, we understand now that this is exactly what you're doing. But I do wonder if you're Elon, if this gives you pause, and you're like, oh, that dude's taking it too seriously. I was just having fun with this thing. No, I don't think so. I don't think Elon Musk takes any of this seriously. I probably thinks he looks at them and is like, what a bunch of losers. So wait, you still think Elon's going to fight Zuck? No, 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 I don't think oh, the fight's happening. Think... I don't think the fight's happening. Okay. Um, but I don't think it's because Elon's intimidated at all. I think oh, really? Elon, Elon is by far the greater man in this fight. We know that from every well, he, aspect. He's the bigger and, man. And I think that if it came down to it, I really do think Elon would beat Mark Zuckerberg. I don't think he would take it lightly, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Elon said that he would do the walrus on him, which is, right, he would just, just jump on, on him, him and then just lay on him. Um, but it's it's it gives us a reason to talk about UFC 294 coming yeah. up this weekend uh, because it's so exciting. We have Alexander Volkanovsky, who has mm -hmm. now stepped in uh, with, what, 12 days notice? That's it, against Islam Makachev at 155 for that strap because it's supposed to be Charles Oliveira. I know you know, you know, look, we could talk about this for an hour, right? But to me, this is actually the better fight that you could possibly have here with this rematch. Mm -hmm. Because I think now at Volkanovski, he's the greatest 145-pounder we've ever seen. So he, like, wanted this challenge to go up to 155 yeah. again and, and take on Makachev. I can't wait to see it, but I'll tell you this. The one thing that I noticed this week in the buildup, Makachev saying basically, great, thank you for saving the main card. Do not use the short layoff, the 10-day notice, as an excuse when I beat you. And I kind of like that. Like, he's throwing it out there now. Charlie, like, dude, I don't want to hear this. You agreed to the fight. Now that we're going to fight, don't use it as an excuse. Yeah, but we actually have plenty of examples in the past where people have stepped in on short notice. And, and they've won. come in and won. Um, the one that comes most distinctly to my mind was uh, Nate Diaz and Conor McGregor. How about that? Uh, I think it was 10 days notice. Nate Diaz came in, no training camp. Different uh, weight class. He was on the beach drinking when mm -hmm. he got the call, and next thing you know, he comes in and uh, was the first person in UFC history to, I was at that to fight. finish Conor McGregor. The UFC 196 yeah. in Las Vegas was there that night. And you're right, that was kind of the unexpected. Then we saw it recently with Sean Strickland on short notice against Israel Adesanya. Yeah. So these short notice fights sometimes, and in the co-main event, Kamaru Usman against uh, Hazmat Chemaev, same deal. Yeah. So we're going to see arguably the greatest 170-er fight at 185 against Chemaev. It's going to be a great It's going to be awesome, and it's in Abu Dhabi, which yeah. uh, just adds another layer to excitement uh, because, you know, 
UFC has, I, I guess, slowed down. How have you not been to Fight Island? Like, how has that not happened yet? Oh, because I wasn't working with UFC during okay. COVID. That's all. So it if I would have been, you would have been. Over I mean, there. that would have been sweet, right? <laughs> yeah, it would have been pretty cool to be over there because I just like to see the environment because we're so used to Vegas, we're used to Madison Square Garden. You've been all over the country covering the fights. I, I wonder what that atmosphere is going to be like because it doesn't get much more raucous than say a Jacksonville crowd. Yeah, but I think over there, a, a Jacksonville, Jacksonville crowd. crowd is. That's a different crowd. Uh, by the way, speaking of fighting, this guy, well, I would never want to be in a fight in any sort with him. 15-year NFL veteran, two-time pro bowler, and I think the best nickname out there, the one-man gang. He is the one and only Lorenzo Alexander. Zo, it's great to be back with you. And I was telling Charlie yesterday, you know, when we were all in D.C. many moons ago, you started your career there. I don't know that you knew where all the... You know, trials and tribulations of the NFL would take you. We wanted to have you on today because Tom Brady has basically said, the game's getting a little bit too soft. Let's put some flags out there. We're getting closer and closer to flag football. What do you make of it? Because you're not that far removed from it, but you've seen the changes in it. Yeah, I mean, me and Tom are unique in that we actually experienced some of that old school, you know, hard-nosed, gridiron type of gladiator football and went through the whole transition with all the CBAs and, and what football looks like today. And so we have a, a just a great perspective. And to Tom's point, it has gotten, um, I guess, softer is probably the best word to say it, but that's because it's safer as well. And there's always sacrifice when – you are making changes to the game that you think are going to be better for the players. And then hopefully you see these top tier players play the game a lot longer. I know that I benefited from the rule changes, right? I played 15 years. If it was more of that old mm -hmm. school mentality and rule set, maybe it was a 10 year career. And so maybe people wouldn't have got to see me play five additional years. I definitely would have been in Buffalo and did some, some great things up there on and off the field. And as well as, as far as my family being able to impact them, um, in their lives with the resource that the NFL brought us. So there's some give and take, right? And you just have to figure out what's best for the league in the game. And I think overall, because when it was played the old school way, you saw a lot of moms, a lot of parents start telling their kids that hey, you're not playing this game at all. But now that you see the NFL has made some changes, obviously you have this flag pipeline as well. People are around the game. And again, it's about the bottom line. And the NFL has not seen any money drop back when you think about these changes in rules. But is it from a player's perspective, when you see some of these quarterbacks get tapped and it's a flag, yeah, it's, it's a lot softer because guys like Steve Young, even Tom Brady in his, in his early career, really used to take some real shots, have to get up and be able to throw the ball again. And so it, it's, it's changed, but I think overall for the better. Do you think, though, that it has only to do with the rule changes or also, you know, when you look at just the differences between then versus now and how injuries are treated and the recovery methods that are available to these athletes, the, uh, right. the training regimens that are available to these athletes, whether it's during the season or in the off season, uh, because just to make a comparison, uh, back in your playing days, you had a Liz Frank injury and that was season ending for you. And it was automatically considered to be season ending. It wasn't really on anyone's mind that there would be any other option besides you waiting till the following year to play. Uh, but then we yeah. just saw Aaron Rodgers go down with an ankle mm -hmm. injury. A lot of people immediately assumed it was season season ending, maybe even career ending. Uh, but now here we are, not even six it, weeks later, and he's already walking around without crutches. I mean, it, he looks incredible uh, for this short yeah. amount of time. And also now there's the idea that maybe he does come back this season. 
I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Uh, so what do you think are the other differences that we can compare to athletes being able to bounce back so much quicker now versus right. then? Well, well, to your point on that, I think the biggest difference is just the culture within the football teams and what they've established. When, when I first got in the league, it was you can't make the, the tub in the club or make the club in the tub, which is true. If you're not on the field, you, you can't make the team because you can't show how productive you are. But you had coaches that even want you in there, even if you were hurt or banged up or you were trying to be proactive about uh, treating the injury. They looked at you in there and, and thought at, as you as being soft and somebody they didn't want on their football team. So a lot of guys, even when they were hurt, stayed out of the training room. Now we've transitioned to right being smarter, not being dumb, tough. And now you have a lot of organizations, particularly when I was in Buffalo at the end of my career, when we had physical therapists, we had massage therapists coming in, we had these different types of specialists where I could be proactive about treating my body, about taking care of it at a certain level. And it helped me extend my career, help my production on, on Sundays, and really allowed me to get back a lot quicker. And then obviously science is always evolving. And so when a guy like Aaron Rodgers goes down, and, and, and he's old school minded too, so he's probably fighting through a lot of things that um, maybe a younger generation player may not, but the science has gotten better. And so you can recover faster. The understanding about how to do it, how to attack an injury has gotten um, better has changed. And I think that's why a guy like that can come back from an Achilles that in other years, maybe you miss the whole year and have to wait to come back to the next season. I just thought because he was a Cal Bear like you, somehow you guys are able to skirt the system. Because everybody we're, said you were, were done. Everybody's like, definitely different. You know, he's from NorCal as well. Um, you know, we went to Cal. So it's something about Cali Cats, West Coast guys that we just built different. So thank you for, for bringing it up for me, D. Yeah, of course. Hey, very quickly, I got to ask you, too, because I was telling Charlie about this. You told me once when you were going up against Brady, because, again, like Brady's a Michigan guy. They're not known to be the smartest guys. But you sacked him, and then he said something to, to you when you sacked him. What did he say to you? Oh, oh, yeah, it wasn't me that sacked him. I actually got hurt in that game, and my man Shaq Lawson came oh. in for me. Way to bring it up. <laughs> He ended up sacking Brady, and Brady got up and said, man, you wasn't supposed to blitz. So Shaq had busted the call. Brady didn't account for him, and so he did, he got a sack because he messed up. But it worked out for him in the end. See, that's like – because I think we think Brady's not that smart. And I think there's a lot of talks, though, in the league about quarterbacks, especially young quarterbacks, processing the game. Is that the number yeah. one thing that you'd want? I mean, obviously you want size and strength, mm -hmm. but being able to process right. where you're supposed to be, is that the number one trait you want to see? Yeah, I mean, it's all in between the ears because you have so much information coming in. This is for any player playing any position. Obviously, quarterback is on another scale because they're responsible for under, understanding protections, where the receivers are going to be, checks, um, what the defense is in, who's blitzing. And the faster you're able to process all that information, you can then get the ball out of your hands. You can decide, I'm going to run quicker, right? And it just limits your ability um, to get hurt while you're making these great plays. And so, yeah, for me, it's always that mentality, the processing, and then probably right next to it is your work ethic. How, how, how much work are you willing to put in so that you can learn that trait? Because I think it's definitely something that you can learn and understand through being in the field room and then going out in the practice field and playing games.
And what about the idea now, uh, after Aaron Rodgers' injury, it's especially been brought up as a pretty big topic. Uh, the NFLPA has been tossing it around more so uh, back and forth with the league of uh, transitioning to all yeah. fields made of real grass versus artificial turf because a lot of people now saying artificial turf gives you that little extra wobble uh, and creates uh, a surface that's yeah. more conducive to getting injured. Yeah, I mean, it's significant. And I and I don't know the, the injury numbers. I know when we've talked in the past there, it's not that big of a difference. But I can tell you this, the way I felt when I played on turf was a lot different. It felt like I went through maybe twice the car crashes because I was obviously hitting a guy and I was hitting this hard surface. And you always feel better after you get off a of grass um, game. So that's, I think, something that the teams want to obviously hopefully move towards. I know Buffalo and their new stadium is going to be grass. Um, and they're an outdoor cold weather city. So it's definitely something that can be done. You know, with these stadiums, they're always thinking about, you know, how can we make more money? How can we get more um, events at our venue? And so that's probably why there's been a significant shift to artificial turf, because it's easier to maintain. The consistency is, is better than grass, right, when you have a lot of games on it. And so hopefully we can figure out what's the best way moving forward. But grass, hopefully if you have the ability to move it out, like Arizona Stadium is cool. Um, that we can have these fields because it's, it's definitely better for the longevity of the player. And again, having your best athlete out there is always going to provide a better product and a viewing experience for the fan base. All right, 15 year NFL career. Who do you identify with the fan base the most? Because I know they've had you back in DC, then you're back up there with Bill's Mafia, and they love you too. If you could only pick one, which oh. one do you go back to and say, this is my team? It, I mean, it's easy. You're trying to get me messed up. I know you're in New York, but it, it's all it's Bill's Mafia. Um, I, I love Bill's Mafia. I mean, they, they travel everywhere. We were just in London with them, hanging out, having a great time. I'm going back there for New Year's Eve. But Bill's Mafia, I mean, on and off the field, the way they supported me, um, not to say that D.C. didn't. It was just on a different level. And maybe because I had my family and kids up there with me, it was just different. It felt different. Yeah. Um, my, my, my daughter sung the national anthem. She loves Buffalo. Was always trying to get back as well as uh, my other kids. So it's just a different, it was a different experience for me when I got up there. And I had a rejuvenation of my career after having that list, Frank, you know, going up there, having 12 and a half sacks, being a Pro Bowl MVP and, and having some of that thing helping change that or, that uh, organization around. There's a lot of things that are connecting me to there uh, and especially being my last place. So Bill's Mafia. So it's so interesting because obviously as a player, you have an allegiance that in your heart you feel is tied to a certain team, right? When it's all said and done. Uh, but that's the same thing that it, for fans, right? Fans have right. an allegiance to a certain team, even if they might move all across the country, it might be their childhood team that they stick with throughout the course of their fandom. Uh, some people like to flip-flop, but the fact <laughs> is a lot of people, they have their allegiances and that's that's how it stays and how it, how it goes. So the interesting part now is that the NFL is considering taking the Super Bowl in the future to London, where a lot of Europeans and a lot of people yeah. in Great Britain, they, they don't have those allegiances. It, it just maybe they're feeling attached to the Jaguars, for example, because that's the only right. team they've really gotten to see play consistently, you know, over on that side of the pond. Um, so let's take a look at a TikTok and then we'll get into whether or not you believe that it's a good idea for the Super Bowl to go to London eventually. What does this man do for a living? There's a polo shirt, so maybe he does some sort of thing with horses. I don't know. Horses? Uh, sell cars. <laughs> no, I don't know. No idea. Accountant. I think maybe singer. Business. Play golf. Books. Uh, he's a boxer. Tennis player. Tennis uh, player. 
play football that blue. Football. What position? Mm. What's his name? Uh... Okay, so clearly a lot of these fans, no idea. these fans, uh, they have no idea who the players even are. So for the NFL to make a decision to take the game, their biggest game of the year, where can you imagine how infuriated people in the U United States would be? Uh, to have to go buy an expensive plane tickets, buy all the, the, the hotel rooms, all that. What Does this make any sense? Yeah, well, it's already pretty expensive now to go to an NFL game, you know, in any Super Bowl city that you go to. Um, and obviously, if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan like like uh, my friend Dio, he doesn't have to worry about buying a plane ticket anytime soon. But uh, I think when I went out there, uh, Bill's Mafia took over the stadium. Um, and so I, I think when Roger comes to a game like that and he sees a fan base that loves football, right, and it's just it's just a regular season game, I think he thinks it's viable. And, and also, obviously, we're going to be honest, most of the Super Bowl is corporate sponsors. I think the, the last year game with Kansas City and Philly was unique because you had a lot of, I think, just, just rabid fans from both uh, teams, especially Philly there. But if you get one of those organizations that travel well, Jumping over the pond isn't that big time thing. I know it's a short notice and the flights may be a little bit more expensive, but that's really all you have to do when you go to a lifetime event like the Super Bowl, especially if your team hasn't been there in a while. I, I, I think Rodgers betting on people's uh, love for their team and wanting to be a part of that experience, um, overriding, you know, maybe the financial commitment that it may take. Plus, sponsors are going to go wherever that game is because it, it brings so much to their brand and, and notoriety. And, and a lot of uh, bounce back for that, you know, and, and obviously that's all true based on how much a commercial spot, 30 second commercial spot costs during the Super Bowl. So I, I think it's viable. London was awesome. Enjoyed it. It's a lot of things over to do for people as well. They can host a city like this. Um, and I, I would I would go to it. Um, I really had a great time when I was over there. Well, wait a minute. I, I noticed how you did that. You slid that in there about the Dallas Cowboys having to buy a ticket. I caught that, Zoe. I know exactly oh. what you were putting down there. Uh, what, do you, what do you weigh these days? I'm about 225. Uh, you know, I played at, well, at one point in my career, I played at 315. But uh, just trying to keep it lean and mean. I, I watch you on Dave wow. all the time on Instagram. That's a huge drop-off. Man, I'm just trying to be like you, you know, as the older I get and, you know. I just want to keep, you know, suave, you're on TV now. You know, you've just been blowing up over these years. It's getting better with age. So why wouldn't I follow by somebody that, you know, I really I, I admire and, and close to? I know. 100 push-ups a day, though. That's all I do to try to be like you. Oh, by the way, are you still golfing out there in Arizona? Because I, I know yeah, you've been so swinging still, the sticks I'm still a lot. swinging the sticks, man. So you got to come out here, hang out with me, and let's hit a couple of courses up when you get some time. All right, Charlie, I think he could still play. I like. I, I know he says he's down in weight right now, but I bet you if the Bills called and said, dude, we need an outside linebacker, could you still play? I'm done. My back, my back, my hamstrings would uh, my not let me participate. I'm good. I honestly, I feel you. I'm sitting here right now, my back hurts, and I've never <laughs> played football, so I'm not sure what my excuse is, but I feel you. So you just you play golf, relax, yeah. you know. He's, he's well, looking see, good. It seems like you're living the life. You do a lot. Hey, Zell, we appreciate it, man. It's always great to catch up with you on any topic. So appreciate you. Go Bills Mafia. I always rooted for you wherever you went. So I still subliminally root for the for, for the Bills if it's not going to be my Cowboys. All right. Always, D. I appreciate you, brother. All right. I'll see you later. There he is. There he is, everybody. 15-year-old. I love that he just, like, doesn't have any facial expression when he speaks.
Oh, he has he, like all the emotion in his voice, but he's just deadpan. He well, he will always get in a cowboy jab. Yeah, because like they played the, when he was still in Buffalo, they played the Cowboys probably four or five years ago on Thanksgiving, uh-huh. and they slaughtered us. And then when I saw him the next day to, to talk to him on my old show, yeah. he said, "I hope I ruined your Thanksgiving." Wow! Like he they they do not like the Cowboys. If you if you a played, lot of people don't like the Cowboys, I, and I love it. Like I love the fact that like. If you are a non-cowboy in the NFL, like our fan yeah. base, as, as he mentioned, fan base is travel. And I do give him credit. Bill's Mafia is an elite fan base. Oh, yeah. They're, they might be number two outside of the Cowboys. But if you're not part of that Cowboy one, you hate them. Yes. And that's yes. what I love about it. Yeah, it's, it's true. It's true. The Cowboys are a very polarizing franchise. This is going to be the year. First time since 1995. Mm. Just book it. Sorry. I don't know about that. I don't. I don't know I, about you, that. I can't get behind that. I mean, you're the betting guy. So did he change your mind about about Europe, about a Super Bowl in Europe? Because I, I will. It, it didn't make more sense as he kind of talked through it, Lorenzo. Like it is so. Like right now, no matter where it is, it costs you a bazillion dollars. Yeah, but it's dollars. not about the money. It's just the fact that it doesn't make sense. It's, it's all, our. It's all, our game. All of the teams are here. Yeah. It's like what are. It's just like all of these companies that you know we talked about at the beginning. Like trying to like pay attention to your consumers. Your consumers are here. You can grow your audience outside of the States, but the fact is your consumers are here. Give them what they want, and that is a game that they have in their country. This is the United States. Let's keep it that way. And you know what? It is our game. Like, all the other games we kind of stole from different things, but this is our this game. This is our game. Football is our... They don't play football over there. No, exactly. They play football. Football. Uh, um, okay, so I guess before we go, okay. uh, any game that you are particularly excited for this weekend, or, or I guess even you can include tonight's as we head into week seven. Yeah, well, tonight's game you got to keep an eye on because we don't know whether Trevor Lawrence is going to be able to go for the Jaguars. So this number out there in Vegas is what we do. It was a pick em all week. Then all of a sudden it jumped up to the Saints being a three-point favorite. It's like, oh, he's not going to play. And then it's moved back down to a point. So you're playing doctor by watching the moving line. So once it gets closer and closer to a pick'em, oh, Trevor Lawrence is going to play. If it gets back up to three, he's not going to play. Uh-huh. NFL teams are coy, as you know, Charlie. When you have a, sh- a short week like this, they're not going to tell you the medicals until they have to tell you. So to me, this is a play. If, if you want to back the Saints, great, but you better hope Trevor Lawrence is not playing. Oh, okay. There's a little tip for everybody. Um, I'll just put it out there. I don't have any uh, odds or yeah. any of the betting lingo. I don't even I don't even know half the words. Uh, but I'm just excited to watch the Dolphins and the Eagles play. Uh, which Please, is a, which, Dolphins which, win. Which is a primetime game, so obviously everyone's excited to see that game. They're both 5-1. and one. So, uh, wow, we've got Week 7 on our hands. I, can, uh, it, I can't believe we're already here. It flies by. It flies by. So, what, you have 17-week season, boom, you're almost not, not halfway there. But we always say, oh, I can't wait all year for football. Then it gets here. And then it's over. And then we have Done. nothing to look forward to uh, until, until the, the next, next season. Until or the next, the next season. UFC fight. Um, but also, speaking of flying by, these past two days, flown by, and now you are going back, back to, to Vegas. Back to Vegas. I'll be back there tonight. But Charlie, it's been great. It being has in been amazing. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Always great. For you, anything. Anything. I wish. Why doesn't every man in my life say this? See? Anything. And it's not just men, women. Put every, that on your checklist. Please, like, everyone, breathe. just anything I need, anything I want, any. Just, please, that's that's the mantra I would like to uh, really embrace <laughs> as the day goes on. Uh, everybody, thank you so much for being here. It has been such a joy. Uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Also, there are alerts uh, that make it even easier for you to follow along with the Outkick the Morning Action. So make sure you sign up to get those alerts. That way, you won't miss a minute and you will be notified before any shows go live. What more could you ask for? Also, hit like, leave a comment. You can find me all over social media at Charlie on TV. And with that, everyone, go forth, enjoy your Thursday. See you right here tomorrow morning.
Looking for the hottest sportsbook offers? At OutKick, find exclusive promotions, expert picks, and the latest odds. Get in the game at OutKick.com backslash bet.